passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. A lot to get into. We're going to start with uh, the transfer portal. The Buckeyes landed an excellent one yesterday. Safety Jihad Carter from Syracuse, an excellent player. Uh, He's going to come right in and start, no doubt about that. Um, Considered one of the best players in the portal, period. Um, So that's a, a really good get. Where does he fit? Is he going to take Tanner McAllister's spot? He's a bigger, more athletic version of Tanner McAllister. He can play that slot safety, which is really a hybrid safety corner, as we all know. He could play adjuster, although I think that's going to be Kai Stokes um, taking over for uh, Rocket Hickman there. And then Lathan Ransom coming back at the Bandit. Hopefully, Court Williams will be healthy. Um, Sonny Styles is going to be a factor. So uh, I love them getting Jihad Carter. This kid was a big-time player at Syracuse. All you got to do is look on their message boards when he um, – transferred and their fans were just devastated that tells you everything you need to know okay so the Buckeyes got Jihad Carter and they lose uh, J.K. Johnson redshirt freshman J.K. Johnson um, certainly not happy with his lack of playing time Um, you know got a couple starts this year when they were really decimated with injuries um, but couldn't hold on to the job and once they got healthy you know he lost his job Um, big time recruit he was ranked as the number three corner in the country coming out of high school so um, you know we'll see what happens I'm sure he's going to have plenty of suitors I'll take that trade, though, so to speak, if you're going to look at it in this day and age. It's kind of, you know, I'll take that trade for, you know, they don't don't play the same position. Um, So I really like getting Jihad Carter and 
you know, from what I was hearing, Jair Brown was probably going to pass J.K. Johnson anyway. You know, you got Jordan Hancock coming back. You got Denzel Burt coming back. So J.K. Johnson maybe was thinking, man, I might be the number four corner. He already was probably disgruntled that he wasn't playing more. I don't think I'm breaking news there. I don't think he was causing trouble when I say disgruntled. He just wasn't happy with his playing time. Um, so, uh, so there you go. Um, and furthermore in the portal, man, portal season is off and running, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's about ready to get even crazier. So what do they need to do from here? They don't need to, I don't think they need to get like 10 guys from the portal. They can't do that. That's not Ryan Day's style, but they also can't do what they did last year. They only got three. None of them are impact players. One of them was the kicker that didn't even play. He finally, he didn't get eligible for a while, but even then, I mean, Jaden Fielding was doing a good job. Um, you know, as the kickoff specialist, which is what they were bringing Parker Lewis in for. Um, so we'll see. But that Jaden Fielding's coming back. To, I don't know what they're going to do with Parker Lewis. The other two guys, Tanner McAllister, who was average for Ohio State standards. Um, maybe I'm being kind there. Great young man. But um, and then Chip Trainum, you know, you bring in a backup, uh, you know, backup linebacker slash backup running back. You've got to make more of an impact than that. So they already did. Jihad Carter is already better than anybody they landed last year um, by a long shot, in my opinion. Um, they've got to get at least one, obviously, and probably two offensive linemen. We all know they've already, you know, missed out on a couple. So they've got to get, you know, at least one, maybe two offensive linemen, specifically tackles. We'll see what happens with Dewan Jones. I tend to think he's going to go pro. He's not announced that yet. Paris Johnson pretty much announced it in his Players' Tribune story. He's, man, in addition to being a really good player and a great young man, he's a heck of a writer too. Journalism major at Ohio State. I don't think he's going to need that journalism degree, though. I think he might have a, a different career path if I had to guess. So they're going to lose Paris Johnson Jr. early to the draft, who's going to be a first-round pick. Dewan Jones, um, I've seen people project him as like a late first-round pick. I don't think that would happen. But I do think it'd be a, probably a day-two pick, you know, second or third round. So we'll see what happens with Dewan Jones. Point is, if they lose Dewan Jones, you better go out there and get another tackle just for depth purposes, get two tackles. I think Josh Fryer can be solid as the right tackle, uh, maybe better than solid. Um, next year, I thought he was played pretty well this year as that sixth man. I think Zed Mahalski at, at left tackle is a guy to keep an eye on. So they wouldn't be in dire straits. They've got to at least get depth there and and get a, at least one guy who's good enough to compete with Fryer and Mahalski for a starting spot to put pressure on them. And then if, certainly if, if even if you don't win that job, if one of those guys gets hurt, you have to have somebody that's capable to go in there. Because I don't know about I don't know about some of the rest of the tackles. Maybe Tegra, Shibola, but I think he's more of a guard. Um you know, um, we'll see. Maybe a guy like George Fitzpatrick. They've got other guys on the roster, but, you know, some of the um, now older guys like Grant Tutant and Trey LaRue, I don't know. I, I just – they better get an offensive lineman or two in the portal. Um, all right, switching gears. Uh, this is my first um, podcast since I've been back in uh, in Ohio. I'm not coming at you from a hotel room in, uh, in Atlanta for a while. So um, – in my first podcast since uh, right after the Peach Bowl, I just want to just furthermore talk about C.J. Stroud having the best performance by an Ohio State quarterback that I can ever remember. And I don't say that lightly. Um, and, you know, the way he threw the ball, the way he was, you know, moving in the pocket to keep plays alive and then, you know, making guys miss and then, and then you know, throwing touchdown passes. I mean, even just for his passing standards, that was like elite. And we know that he's super elite as a passer. It's almost like he even took that to the next level. And then what did he do? The one thing we've all wanted him to do Picking up cheap first downs and almost won the game with a long run. Um, you know, picking up cheap first downs with his legs. 
Um, even before that long run, he did it a few times. So I, I loved that. I mean, his rushing, because you know, they have the stupid stat in college where, you know, sacks count against your rushing stats. They need to do what the NFL does. But anyway, I digress. His um, He ran the ball really well. He threw the ball next level. C.J. Stroud went out like an absolute beast. So kudos to him. Kudos to him. He's been, you know, um, I don't know. I, I'm, he, I'll never say he's much maligned. I think that's a vocal minority. But yeah, even people like me that love CJ, we're always saying like, he just needs to add this. He needs to add that element to his game. I really think it was probably the coaches um, telling him not to run Ryan day specifically. I really believe that because go back and look at it. He, CJ actually ran a decent amount in high school. He proved he's not afraid to run. So, and now I think NFL scouts have a really, really, really hard decision to make. I think coming in the game, they're all like, okay, it's Bryce young is number one. We were conflicted coming in the season. Maybe most were leaning towards CJ. I think going into the into uh, um, the Peach Bowl, they were like probably Bryce Young was number one. Now CJ might have just shot up. He might be that guy. He helped himself that much. All right, the Marvin Harrison Jr. call. I still can't. I still cannot believe that. And that's not why they lost the game. I mean, that sure would have helped. They, I mean, the defense lost this game. We're gonna get to that in a minute. You can't you just you can't give up forty two points. Ohio State cannot score 41 points against a great team like Georgia, um, have the lead the entire game and still lose. It's on the defense. But the replay official or whatever, like control center nonsense they're doing, um, just absolutely, you know, incompetent at the very least. I'll just leave it at that. Um, incompetent at the very least. You can fill in the blanks from there. Um, here's the thing. You, even if it's shoulder to helmet, too many people don't understand the targeting rule. It doesn't matter. If you launch at a guy's head, that's targeting. I mean, Marvin was knocked out, literally and figuratively. He was knocked out, and then he was knocked out of the game. Now, that shouldn't be – that really is secondary. But my point is, and Ryan Day even mentioned this while trying to – I don't know how he does that. I couldn't do it as a head coach, which is why I, I do things like podcasts and I write instead of uh, major college head coaching. I, I couldn't cut it. I'd be the one, like, ripping the officials in the post-game presser and getting fined and probably fired. Um but seriously, I mean, Ryan Day even like alluded to it. It's like um, he got hit in the head, and, and I don't know how you could get hit in the head. And then because then the officials told him, well, he didn't get hit in the head. It's like, uh, no, you go back and look at it. I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder at first, but then it was shoulder to head, and the guy absolutely launched at him. I mean, he wasn't going for the ball or anything. I talk a lot about – a lot of times I don't like targeting because it's like that's not the spirit of the rule. You know, Trevor Lawrence was running. Sean Wade's about ready to take him on. Trevor Lawrence lowers his helmet the last second, and they go helmet to helmet. That's not targeting. Sean Wade's not launching at him. That dude was launching at Marvin. Here's my point, though. Maybe if the officials on the field didn't see it and they didn't call it, and then the replay officials like, I'm not going to overturn it, I could live with that. The fact it was called, it clearly called on the field because they saw this guy launching at his head. Called on the field targeting to, for you to overturn that. That tells me that is just... That's shady as possible. That's 2019 Fiesta Bowl shadiness. Again, Ohio State still should have won the game. That play did not cost them the game. I mean, it might have caught that might have cost them the game. My point is, they still should have won the game. The defense is why they lost this game. So the Marvin call complete BS that they overturned that. I'd love to hear a good explanation for that because um, that's whatever the explanation would be would be would be complete BS because that was targeting. You launch at a guy's head. You literally knock him out unconscious. And then they overturn it. Absolute nonsense. And it was a four-point swing. 
Instead of a touchdown, Ohio State gets a field goal there. But they're still up 14 points going into the fourth quarter. And then the defense just can't get out of its own way. I mean, second straight game, they just absolutely just embarrass themselves. Um, unbelievable. Guys wide open. Same things we saw in the Michigan game, just giving up big plays. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, so, I mean, Michigan game, terrible. Georgia game, terrible. So, the big question, is Jim Knowles the answer? I don't know. I thought he was for sure. Okay? But I'm not in the Jim Knowles, fire the Jim Knowles. I'm not in the, in the Jim Knowles should be fired right now camp. I don't think he would be anyway. we got to give him another year. And I think it's irrelevant. They will. And they did improve. But they didn't play any good offenses. Yeah, I mean, through 11 games, they were ranked really high. They are in the top 10. But that, and that was cool. Because even last year, they didn't play any good defenses. And they were like, this is why I said like last year when they were ranked 59th in the country in total defense. I'm like, that's kind of misleading because they didn't play any good offenses like in their 59th. So, listen, but saying he's an improvement over Kerry Combs as a defensive coordinator is an extremely low bar. So, we'll see. I would give him another year. If we're having the same conversation next year where anytime they play an offense with a pulse, they're giving up like 70-yard plays every time you look up. Can't happen. Can't happen. Two straight games. And I, you know, Michigan game felt a little fluky. I still believe it was a little bit fluky. You got to give credit to Michigan. But there's also both things can be true. I think there was some flukiness there. Um, but that's two games in a row. That's not a fluke. That's starting to be a trend in football. Two games is a big, you know, like in baseball, that'd be like what, what the equivalent of what? Like uh, in Major League Baseball, like 20 games or something like that, maybe more than that. So two games in football is a trend, especially when it's the chips are on are all on the table, all pushed into the middle of the table in two straight games, and the defense just completely can't get the job done. For CJ to have a game like that and for the defense just to completely let the team down, inexcusable. Inexcusable. But I'd give Knowles another year. I'm not ready to fire Knowles. All right, speaking of uh, – Interesting things from Ohio State's head coaches or Ohio State's coaches. Ryan Day, according to Kirk Herbstreet, um, you know, they had a conversation and I'm sure Ryan would have told him, don't say anything um, if he didn't want him to say anything. But uh, Herbie mentioned that uh, that Ryan Day is most likely going to give up play calling. Um, and that's interesting. I think that's a good move. Uh, I think he, you know, I think the best coaches are CEOs and he'll be heavily involved, obviously. Whoever's the offensive coordinator, or they'll probably be co-offensive coordinators. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I think this is good. I think he, he can, with so much on his plate now, I mean, even before the NIL era and the portal era, there was so much on Ohio State's head coach's plate, head coaches at any major program. Now it's just insane. So, you know, I certainly think that uh, this is a good move. Now I'm curious what's going to happen. And I'm I'm surprised. I never thought Ryan Day would give up offensive play calling. He's That's just what he does. Um, so credit to him that he's, you know, continues to evolve. If this is true, he's not come out and confirmed this, but I can't imagine Herbie would put that out there um, after having a one-on-one -on -one interview with Ryan Day, or I guess it was behind the scenes. It wasn't, it wasn't like an interview, but um, it's two guys talking, I guess uh, is a better way to put it. But I'm sure Ryan Day would have told him, don't put that out there. If, you know, I've had conversations with Ryan Day, certainly not as many as Kirk Herbstreet has. And if he doesn't want you to put something out there, he'll, you know, very politely ask you not to. He won't demand it. Ryan Day's a good guy. Um, by the way, Ryan Day, credit to him. He coached his butt off. He had he had Kirby on his heels the entire game and until that last uh, yeah, after CJ's big run. Then after that, he got conservative. But other than that, you know, when the game was on the line there. But seriously, I mean, give Ryan Day credit. I mean, you're not going to call a perfect game 
you know, and that's too bad that he went conservative there at the end. You got to try and get another first down there, or at least, you know, be a little more aggressive than that. Give yourself a cheap field goal, not a 50 yard field goal with Ruggles. Can't kick the ball past 49 yards, as we all know. Um, but up until then, Ryan Day coached his butt off. He had Kirby guessing, and Ohio State was just, you know, doing whatever they wanted against an excellent defense. So Ryan Day, and he was over there fired up, loved it. Um, all right. So, you know, credit to Ryan if, if he does that. I think that's I think that's good. But I think what they're probably going to do is, is elevate Brian Hartline to passing game coordinator and Justin Fry to run game coordinator. And maybe that'll be a good thing. But I'm not a big co-coordinator guy. That's too many cooks in, in the kitchen. I want a offensive coordinator. You know, this is the offensive coordinator. He's up in the box. He's calling the plays. Yeah, Ryan Day would have veto power. Yeah, Justin Fry, whoever is not the offensive coordinator, is co-offensive coordinator by title. Kind of heavy input, or if it's Heartline by title, he would have heavy input, or maybe it would work. Maybe it would work as Heartline as pass game coordinator, uh, Fry as run game coordinator with Dave mixing. Maybe it would work. I don't know. I think that's probably what Coach Day is going to do because he's really he's already filled the he's already filled the um, Kevin Wilson uh, void uh, with another promotion from within um, with Coach Bailey, who gets very high marks over there. We'll see now. I mean, now he's. Uh, He's been elevated to a full-time position coach, so we'll see. Um, so I don't think they're going to bring in anybody from the outside. He also has analyst Todd Fitch out there who's heavily involved. Maybe they'll bring in another analyst. I don't know. Um, a lot of promoting from within on both sides of the ball. We'll see. Um, but um, I think that's probably what they're going to do. We'll see. It's a, we'll see if it works. If they have Justin Fry as run game coordinator. Now, he did have the title of offensive coordinator at UCLA, but Chip Kelly called the plays there. That was still a good experience for uh, Justin Fry and Brian Hartline. Um, I mean, I'm going to call him a rising star in the profession. He's just a star in the profession. And eventually he was going to move on and be an offensive coordinator at a big time school or offensive coordinator here at Ohio State. And then eventually a head coach, if he wants to be. He's already set for life money wise, but he obviously, you know, loves coaching and is very good at it. So if you're competitive, you want to be a head coach one day. You want to be the highest at your you know, the top level of your profession being a competitor like Brian Hartline is. So maybe this is, you know, another way to keep uh, Hartline around. And maybe Coach Day will just pr promote one of them. One of them will have the co-offensive coordinator title, but won't really be calling plays. And one just will be offensive coordinator. We'll see. Can't wait to talk to Coach Day about that. I'm fascinated that he's giving up play calling duties and uh, curious to see what he's going to do. All right, final thing. Ooh, a lot of smoke out there. It's not even smoke now. When John U. Bacon – I really like does a great job. Uh, Michigan historian, Michigan writer, even a professor at Michigan. Um, one of the few times you'll hear me say nice things about Michigan. No, it's it's John U. Bacon. He's a good man that does a great job. When John U. Bacon says if Harbaugh gets a, a job offer, he's probably gone. I mean, you can take that to the bank. I mean, John U. Bacon's as plugged in as anybody uh, for Michigan football. So a lot of smoke out there. Um, you know, Harbaugh has already talked to the Panthers. The Panthers reached out to him, the Carolina Panthers. That'd be interesting. Um, kind of start kind of fresh. You're in uh, an easy division there. And, I mean, the Panthers, like, are competing. We're competing for the title this year. <laughs> That's how bad that division is. Tom Brady doesn't have much longer with the Bucs. Saints are a mess. The Falcons are a mess. That makes a lot of sense. I was thinking Colts, if Harbaugh left, I'm sure Ursay's going to go after him, I'm sure. Because there's talk out there that Harbaugh's like, you know, one of the top commodities. And people are saying, oh, that, that worked out well last time the Panthers uh, got a uh, college head coach, Matt Rule. Yeah, but as people pointed out, 
Harbaugh's proven he's not your typical college head coach. He's proven he's a good NFL coach. You know, took the, the Niners to the NFC championship game his first year, coming off a terrible year under Mike Singletary. And then the next year he takes them to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, almost won the Super Bowl against his brother. So that's going to be interesting. See, I, you know, in in the span of two years, we went from hoping Harbaugh would always stay there to eh, maybe this isn't a bad thing for Ohio State. But I don't know. Michigan will still get a good coach. And I kind of wanted another shot at him. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Maybe he will stay. But I find that interesting. There is – once John – yeah, I was thinking, okay, that makes sense. There's a, there's some smoke out there about Harbaugh. There, it started a while back with the Indianapolis Colts writer saying he needs to come to Indianapolis where you know his name's in their, like, you know, um, not their Hall of Fame, you know, but, you know, their uh, their Lucas Oil um, Wall of Fame, whatever it's called. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, even though he had a losing record as their starting quarterback, barely. It was like 22 and 26. He took him to an AFC championship game. So, um you know, he said Ursay was the owner then as well. So, and maybe he still will go to the Colts. You know, maybe it'll take uh, whoever may offers him the most money and the most control. We'll see. Maybe it'll be a bidding war. But he's getting interest. And John U. Bacon says if he gets offered a job, he'll probably take it. That's whew. And it sounds like he will get offered a job. So it sounds like Jim Harbaugh might be off to the NFL before we know it. Um, rest in peace to my good friend, uh, Dwayne Long. That was really tough uh, news that we got. Um, you know, a little bit more than a week and a half ago. Still processing that. Um, rest in peace, Dwayne. Um, all right. Appreciate you guys joining me for the show. Um, keep it locked to Bucknuts. We're going to have plenty of coverage uh, later today on all things Ohio State. Hopefully there'll be a, an offensive lineman in the portal. I'm not breaking news. I don't think they're going to land an offensive lineman today. Who knows? Um, Jihad Carter came out of nowhere a little bit, so maybe they will. Portal season is off and running. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the show. Appreciate you guys a lot. Hope everyone has. A great rest of your day. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man. Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the space. Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.